0: Hello, and welcome to the Thrive in Change podcast. I'm Shannon LaBruyere. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. It's me, Shannon LaBruyere. I am live and loving it tonight. Welcome to Sunday Night Live. And We are going to explore the principles that allow us to thrive in change, the changes that we like, that we plan for, that we wanted all of our lives and the changes that hit us upside of the head. And we go, what was that? All of that change. It's possible for us to thrive in the midst of it. But we need some principles to help guide us, a roadmap, if you will. So tonight, we're going to explore some of those principles. So welcome. If you are new to Sunday Night Live and the Thrive and Change podcast, I want to thank you for investing your time and your energy into growing yourself because the more you grow, the better our world becomes. For those of you who are tuning in to watch live on Facebook Live, thank you for being here. I'm honored as always to be your guide. And I learned so much from you as we learn from each other. I trust that we are all going to get better. We're going to grow. Our roots are going to get deeper. They're going to be more nourished. And then we are going to have fruit change in our lives that impacts our world for the better. That's what it's all about. So thank you for being here. I would like to thank ThumbRoastCoffee.com. They sponsor Sunday Night Live and I'm thrilled that they do because ThumbRoast Coffee has the best coffee ever. And you can try it for 15% off if you order it online at ThumbRoastCoffee.com and use Thrive t-h-r-i-v-e as your coupon code you'll get 15 percent off you're gonna love it as much as i do and i really appreciate missy and her team there for supporting what sunday night live does she doesn't just support sunday night live because it's a way to get word out about her product she supports sunday night live because she believes in the principles that we teach and i'm honored so thank you missy and team at thumb Roast coffee I encourage you if you've not tried it to do so. You are going to love it. And tonight, our Thrive principle is hashtag bring the honor. I waffled on this one, you guys, because I was almost wanting to make it hashtag respect the now. So if you'd prefer hashtag respect the now, go for it. <laughs> you can use that. It's up to you. But I'm I'm leaning on hashtag bring the honor tonight. And as we explore the topic, which is enough about me, how do I get them to change? (laughs) I can see you nodding your head. As we explore that topic, I think you're going to see what I mean by bring the honor to the situations where we want other people to do the changing. So with that, I want to check out the comments. We've got some people here. Oh, Mary Edwards is here. So glad you're here. Let me know if you're in the house. We love to see those comments and the the, um, emojis, all the hearts and the likes or the angry faces, whatever you got. Um, I don't know you're in the house unless you tell me. And so if you like to fly under the radar, it's absolutely okay. But I would love to know that you're here and that you're leaning in. And I'd love to get your feedback as we move through tonight's topic. All right. So welcome, everyone. And let's get started. Enough about me. How do I get them to change? All right. So I want you to think just a minute. I've got a list here. I've got a list of people that we'd really like to change. I know I've had people in my life like this that I really wanted them to change. How about this one? The critical person, (laughs) the critical person who withholds approval. Got somebody like that in your life? How about that addicted person who refuses to get sober? Maybe you know someone like that. What about that irresponsible person who won't do what needs to be done? Wouldn't you love to change that person? When you see them in your circle, you go, oh, my gosh, got to do something about that person. They need to stop, right? How about this? An employee who's not performing up to standards, they've got to change. How about a person who's not investing in a relationship? Maybe you're doing a lot of investing and they aren't. They've got to change. They need to do something different. They need to step up how about a parent? Oh, that hits close to home sometimes. A parent that you wish was different. Or maybe an adult child who you wish would grow up. Any bells ringing? You don't necessarily have to have to list them in the chat, but is that resonating with you? If so, type yes. If that if you've got somebody in your life like that that you think to yourself they've just got to be better they've got to change give me a thumbs up hit yes in the chat lean in because tonight we're going to learn a little bit about how to deal with those people so you know I was looking back over my life and holy cow um, do I have a long list Um, oh I see some of you do too oh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love this. (laughs) Kelly says, ring, 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 ring. (laughs) Hit the bell, right, Kelly? (laughs) Yeah, Margaret and Carol also. I know I've got a long list and I couldn't decide what to pick. So I decided to start with this one uh, because I think it's so often the case when we have a romantic relationship that the other person decides it's over before we have. Happened to anybody? Yeah, had a boyfriend when I was just a girl. And, um, you know, he was a jerk. (laughs) He was, he was a jerk. And I couldn't see it. I just knew that if if only he understood how much I cared about him, he would be better. I just knew in my heart that if, if only he could see me looking my most beautiful, he, he would have that that flash of insight that said, oh, yeah, I I don't know what I've been doing going out with all these other women. She's clearly the one for me. I just knew that I could change his mind and I couldn't. And it wasn't until something really extreme happened that I realized I didn't want to somebody that I really believed in my heart, I needed to change them. And no matter what I did, no matter how much hustling I did, it wasn't working. And this topic that we're going to talk about tonight, and then we're going to finish it up next week. But the first chunk that we're going to talk about is this, some of the ways that we use to try and convince people that they need to change. All right, I've got a few of them here. I've actually got four that we're going to go through. So if you're wanting to change somebody, you see somebody that you're saying they need to stay, I mean, they need to step up, they need to fill in the blank, you know somebody like that, listen up, because some of these ways are probably ways you've tried, and I want to explore them just a little bit. So if you're ready, let's go. All right, the first one, these are in no particular order and they don't necessarily go in order. But what I find with the people that I work with (laughs) who want to move forward and they feel like they can't because they're wanting somebody else to change first, I find that these are often the things they've tried to get that person to change. So the first one is this, nagging, cajoling, and controlling making them try trying to make them feel guilty nag 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 control control oh come on it won't be so bad you need to do it or i'm just going to make it clear you have to or else trying to control people's behavior anybody ever done that i'm picturing my mom my mom passed away a few years back i love her still dearly and my mother was a smoker and she smoked until just a couple of months before she passed away. And I'm picturing the efforts of my children and my nieces and nephews, and sometimes my siblings, to get her to stop. They wanted her to change. So one of my nieces, this is where was her technique, nag, 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 nag. Grandma, you need to stop smoking. Grandma, are you still smoking? Grandma, if you loved me, you'd quit smoking. Some of my other nieces would do things like this. Oh, come on, Grandma. You know what, we'll go do something really fun if you stop smoking. Just stop smoking for a week, okay? And then it'll be really trying to change her, really trying. They meant well. They loved her, but the nagging didn't make it better. It made it worse. I am not a nag. I consider this to be a great gift. Actually, it's one of the things that I don't tend to do. I don't tend to nag. I'm not one of those um, Chinese water torture persons, right? Drip, 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 drip. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. But I know many people who are. My sins come later. I'll, I'll confess them. Trust me. But are you a nagger or a cajoler? Are you are you a person who tries to guilt them? If you loved me, you'd change. Or I've been with this company for 25 years. I deserve the promotion. Trying to guilt people into changing does not work. And it's disrespectful. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Another way that we try to change people. And this would be me. This is where my tendency is, is this. I try to recruit people. And go on an influence campaign. Now, I'm not saying that trying to influence people to make good choices or to change in good ways is a bad thing because it's not. What I am talking about is identifying a person that we know we think they need to change. And then going on an all out full blown recruitment campaign, trying to get them to get it. Oh, eventually they'll get it if I just fill in the blank. They just need to see this and then they'll change. They'll buy in as soon as they see it. I'm thinking about, uh, um, well, I guess they were campaigns when I worked in my government job. And they would have these full out campaigns and they would try to convert all of these employees who wanted none of it. They did not want to do it that way. They did not want that change. And they'd have all this advertising, if you will, trying to convince them that, oh yeah, you do want it. If only we could convince them that this was good. They buy right in. They must not understand. How much time have you spent trying to get somebody to change their mind and you told yourself, "They they just don't understand? There was an employee where i worked that did not get it she did not get it and she was not doing a good job and i really needed her to change that's a phrase we say a lot when we want other people to change i need you to change i want you to flag that little phrase i need you to fill in the blank i need them to Fill in the blank. I need them to start. I need them to stop. I need them to X. That, my friend, is your red flag that says you are trying to change somebody and you're making your personal changes contingent on theirs. That's a problem. This is one of the reasons why we have to understand about how other people change. Because if we don't get this, we put off changing ourselves because we're waiting for them. We put them in control. I'm not going to follow my dream until so-and-so gives me approval. I am not going to be able to go out there and be confident until my mom says she thinks I'm awesome. And I'm here to tell you, you making your success your contribution, your ability to thrive, you making your growth contingent on somebody else changing is a really, really, really dangerous place to be. When we go on that recruitment campaign, I I can't do this until I convince everybody that it's the right thing. A lot of times it doesn't work and then we don't do the right thing. Right. Got a couple of a couple of comments here that I'm loving. So Kelly says every person in the world has this happen. I tried to guilt her. So Kelly's confessing. I've tried to guilt people. Carol says this. I probably have and maybe still do. She's talking about nagging, even though it I know it doesn't work. I try not to. Carol, I hear you. I hear you. Don't try to make someone else be you. And Mary says this, been there, done that. Yeah, we've walked this path. This is a common path for humans. So you are not walking this alone, wanting them to change. So we're talking about things that don't really work. The nagging, cajoling, and controlling, they don't work. My mom didn't stop smoking. That recruiting and influencing and trying to convince them that you're awesome so they get it. Didn't get me my boyfriend back, didn't, didn't work. It doesn't work. And if it does, it's short term. How about this one? Oh, and I know I'm, I'm talking to some people here and I want you to be honest with yourself. How about this? If I can't change that critical person to approve of me, if I can't convince that employee that um, they have to change because I want them to, I guess I'm just going to change my expectation. That's the third way we often try to get people to change. We actually stop. We change what we expect of them. We just decide we didn't want this. We tell ourselves, oh yeah, I thought that I wanted to go out and start my new business, but because I couldn't get X to give me permission, I decided against it. I don't really want that anyway. And then off we go. It's called settling. And when we are settling because somebody else won't change, we are giving away our power and our ability to succeed, to impact, to grow. We're putting the power in somebody else's hands. When we say, I guess I don't really want that because I can't get so-and-so to say it's okay. I can't get them to change their behavior. I can't get my son to stop doing irresponsible things that makes me have to run to his rescue all the time. He needs to change so that I can live my life. I've got great news for you. He, she, they do not have to change for you to live your life. Let me say that again. He, she, they, nobody has to change in order for you to live your life. It's yours. All of those things that we do, dancing around, trying to convince and cajole and nag or settle so that we don't even want what we said we want, all of those things don't really do any good. But I've got good news for you. We're getting ready to turn the page, you guys. We're not going to spend too long in the things that don't work. I want to spend some time on the things that do. Let's see what you guys have to say. All right. I love lists, Carol says, and keeping track of my schedule and what needs to be done and others answers me continually. Oh, I forgot or no, I did not get it done. It is frustrating. What would you do? Carol's asking, what would you do? why do they say yes i will do and then they don't do it and then she follows up with this glorious comment when you did the disk it helps so much carol you've got um you've got something there that the disk program allows us to understand different behavioral styles and people with different behavioral styles they behave differently under different circumstances and often it is a behavioral thing that we're we're we think they're buying in, but they just are afraid to tell us. And there's ways that we can understand that. And we can actually, I'm going to put that on my list. We're going to talk about that. What to do with the people who say yes, but then they do know. I love that. So we're going to talk about that more. Um, but yeah, we, we need them to change, right? So I'm going to give you the, one of the keys to getting people to change in just a minute. Let's see, some other comments. I settled for 50 years of my life. Kelly says, yeah. Is changing our expectations wrong? Oh my gosh, that is such a great question. Changing our expectations is not wrong if they were unrealistic. Unrealistic expectations are ones that rely on other people to do something in order for us to be able to take action. So if we are expecting somebody to do something so that we can take action and that's not something they're going to do, those are unrealistic expectations and we need to adjust them. But um, adjusting our expectations, I think, is different than lowering them. Just for example, you know, the I'll go back to the employee that wasn't stepping up and fulfilling her responsibilities when we were working on a project together. And I was not a strong leader at the time, I did not realize that what I was doing was settling. But I was. And so this is what happened. I would say this is what I need, Carol, this is what I need. And I would give her the list. And she would say, Okay, okay. And then Friday would come and it was not done. And so instead of having a conversation with her about expectations, finding out what's going on, I just cut the list in half. I lowered my expectations. I didn't have the conversation that said, this is what I need. Is it too much? Is it not enough? Do you need help? How can I help you? Do you need training? Is there a challenge? Those are healthy conversations that allow us to adjust our expectations, and if we are unrealistic in them because they're too high, nobody can live up to that, that gives us a chance to adjust them. But to not have the conversation and for me to say to her, okay, so I'm just going to give you half of the list of what needed to be done, and then I work overtime to do the other half, that's lowering expectations and settling. Sometimes it is people are lazy, but none of those judgments are ours to make. (laughs) Why they're doing what they're doing, if, if we've offered our help, why they're doing what they're doing, what motivates them isn't really our main concern, although we can care for people. This is the solution. All right. This is the solution. This is option four. And if you have tried this, you have seen it work. Number four is to give them a choice. That person that you want them to change, the person that you want them to change, you can give them a clear choice and then respect their right to choose. This is the thing. When we go by number four and we give them a choice, and we respect their right to choose, there's a little bit of a fear factor in there, isn't there? What if they don't choose the way I want? Right? Yes, they might not. That's why it's called a choice. When we give people that we want to change a choice, and they choose the way we wish they didn't, we have to bring the honor. We have to bring the honor. We have to respect their personhood enough to say, I think that's an awful choice. I wish you weren't making the choice, but I respect your ability to make it. So I wanna put in a little caveat here, just so important, just so important for us to be discerning in those circumstances. So for example, for years, we knew a family that did not, they just, they ran into struggles a lot. And some of the struggles they had financially were their own doing and they had children. And so it wasn't just me and my family, my husband, but there were others too who said, For the sake of those children, we will make sure they have lights and heat. And that's okay. We weren't enabling somebody who didn't want to change. There was a bigger need there. Uh, But as those children grew up, we weren't able to do that anymore because it wasn't helpful. It, it was them making choices. Their family was making poor choices that didn't lead them to stability. And so Next week, we're going to talk about consequences and how we look at consequences. What do consequences really represent? Um, But the bottom line is this. When we want somebody to change, we, to the degree that is possible, we need them to be able to make the choice and understand what the outcome will be. Does that make sense? They need to be able to choose, and we need to respect it because this is the truth. And you can write this down, you can get it tattooed somewhere where nobody can see it. I can't get somebody to do something they don't choose to do ever, they are always choosing. We fool ourselves into thinking, oh, if they just understood the great opportunity that's in front of them, they'd choose differently. No, they understand. You've told them. They're choosing. They're just not making the choice you want. This is on us as people that we want to thrive and change, right? As people who want to grow, people who want to keep our power, our power to impact our world, our power to take action, make decisions, to be our own p- person for us to do that we also have to acknowledge that they are too <laughs> it's a two-way street they are always choosing years ago i worked for a boss who wanted to change me she was a, she was a handful and she wanted to change me and a lot of other people that worked for her it turned out and her method of trying to change us was to yell at us was to um, scream at us, was to harangue us and badger us and nag us. And some people did kind of go along, but I wasn't one of them. And one day I was really sick and they called overtime and I couldn't stay. I worked out on the floor in a production setting. I drove a forklift and lifted heavy things and they had a lot of stuff going on. And they said, everybody has to stay overtime. And I went to my supervisor and said, respectfully, I have to go home. I am ill. And this manager started yelling, you can't go home. She said, you can't go home. We called overtime. I said, I don't know what you think's going on here, but let me tell you, I can go home. I am going home. And you cannot stop me because this is not a prison. <laughs> she was not happy with me. Now, this gets us into next week's topic. I could not choose to go home without consequences. That's the other piece. When we want other people to change, we have to link re, um, understandable, actionable consequences to their choices we can't fix everything but we can absolutely offer the people that we want to change a choice you can change and we'll continue this working relationship and you will continue to get a paycheck every week and we will continue to invest in your growth and your training employee or You can continue to not come into work and the next time you do not come into work without an appropriate excuse, we will be firing you. That person is choosing. They're choosing Then They understand the choice in front of them. If we want them to change, if we want people to change, we have to get really good at linking an understandable consequence to And action, because that's the only thing that works. This is the thing. Those people that we want to change and they refuse, they make the choice that we wish they didn't make. It's good. It's good for us because when we see them make that choice, we know what direction we need to go in. Our way forward is clear. We aren't in this Oh, what if he just decides to come back to me? Oh, what if he decides to do this? Oh, what if they do decide to allow me to have another chance at that job and you've tried for it and didn't get it five times. At some point, when we make the decision to link that consequence with that choice and they choose whichever choice they make, it's a win for us because it frees us up to move forward. Are you hearing me? All right, so um, (laughs) Carol says, I think people should just say no, I can't do it. But sometimes people don't like confrontations and they can't say no. Thank goodness you taught us to say no. Yeah, for those of you who have not listened to that series and I'm planning on revisiting it actually, yeah. We did some work on the importance of saying no um, back in the Sunday Night Live archives. And if you are a subscriber to our YouTube channel, You can go back and you can find it or you can scroll for a really long time in the facebook feed and you'll see it there Uh, but yeah this idea that we can say no and we can give people a choice to say yes or no and we have to respect their choice that's carol's thinking Hmm. give them a choice sounds good um it isn't how we ask them yeah and it goes right back to that disc that what kind of a personality do they have All right. Kelly says this. I work with mostly young people. I notice even if you give them a choice with consequences, they don't care. Very frustrating. Yeah. Because the consequences aren't anything that matter to them. If they do not care about their consequences, I'll tell you what, I got grounded one time and it was the best week of my life. This was back in the day. I did something. I don't even remember what my mom um, grounded me And I had to spend all of my time in my room after school. And guess what I did the whole time I was in my room? I read. And I am a reader. That was no punishment, my friends. I was in my room with the door shut, in my pajamas, doing my favorite thing on earth. So, Kelly, the key is, do the consequences make enough of a difference to them? The other thing is this. Sometimes we value them being there more than they value being there. And then we have to take a different tack, and that's called engagement. When we want people to change and consequences aren't enough to convince them, and we are going to explore consequences and engagement next week, take a deeper dive in it. So I'm excited to, to start that conversation. But Kelly, when we cannot link dire enough consequences to make a difference to them in a job market where you can get a job anywhere, if, if it's a, uh, an entry level job, it's a minimum wage job, a young person working part time. If they could go to this restaurant or this fast food or this fast food or this fast food, it's real hard to come up with a consequence that will convince them to change. But we can offer them an opportunity to be a part of something bigger and better. And that is actually just as big of a motivator for people that we want to change yeah value and need their help are two different things yeah valuing people and what they bring versus we need you we're going to talk about that next week you guys are on fire tonight i'm loving these um comments let's see if i missed any let's see i think i got them all anybody else have something to say before we sign off next week we're going to go into part two of how do we get them to change. Um, Just a little recap here, things that don't work, nagging, cajoling and controlling, they might change, but it's temporary, only because they have to. And it comes at great cost to us because all of our energy is spent harassing them. Number two, we often try to recruit and influence and try to wow them, Um, like me trying to look beautiful all the time, just in case I ran into that guy so he'd know, oh, yeah, she's the one I want exhausting people, I needed to just be myself, which is what got me the world's best guy. So been married 37 years, I have no complaints. <laughs> I have no complaints. So glad I didn't convince that other person so glad. All right, the next thing, lowering our expectations, deciding we only we only want part we will just settle. That's no good either. And number four, giving them a choice attached with consequences and then respecting them. They're not necessarily respecting their choice, but respecting their personhood and their ability to make the choice and honoring their choice by following through on whatever consequences those are. Oh, Carol says this really helped me. I have to put control and choice on my computer. Carol spends a lot of time on your computer, don't you, Carol? Put <laughs> puts a little sticky note up there to remind you. All right, you guys, this one flew by. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you so much for being here to learn about how we can get other people to change um, or not. (laughs) I think better to say how we can quit trying to get them to change uh, because I will tell you this when they do choose to opt in and change, it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. And when they choose, not to and they don't change and they move on or they move forward in whatever path they've chosen. It's freeing because now we know what we can do next and it's not linked to them. Yes, it can be difficult to do, but it is freeing to do. And you don't have to start big. You can start small. (laughs) You can start small. You don't have to. You don't have to go the whole enchilada. Put down the ultimatum. Because it's not about ultimatums. It's about building a, pro, a, a a process that allows people to experience the outcomes of their choices. Oh, thank you. This, this is a good one. You are helping us to be honest, too, with ourselves. Oh, that is the most challenging piece sometimes, but it is the most rewarding. It's absolutely the most rewarding when we can... Um, When we can be honest with ourselves, face the truth so that we can grow and get better, super helpful. Mary says this, twice this week I heard, trust the process. It was cool to hear someone else think the same. Yeah, trust the process, Mary. Yeah, that's one of the Thrive principles. (laughs) And I'm so glad you've got people in your circle that are saying that, that believe it. Uh, there are great processes at work and you being here on Sunday Night Live is one of them. Thank you all for your commitment to yourselves, for leaning in, for your comments, for sharing. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to next week because we are going to talk about consequences and our mindset surrounding them. Why that matters. Why how we look at consequences matters. Um, let's just say consequences are not punishments. All right. There's a difference. There's a difference between a consequence and a punishment and what to do when consequences aren't enough and what role does engagement play in that. So with that, you guys, go out, have a great week. I love you all. God bless you. And we will talk more soon. Bye.